This is episode 29 of the Rising Man Podcast with Brandon Bozarth. Roll out! What's up, Rising Man community? Welcome back and happy August to all of you. I can't believe we are here. We made it to August already. And we just got this thing kicked off March of this year. It feels like we've been doing this for a year already. But nonetheless, we're only in August and it's been an amazing journey so far. The summer has been picking up. There are so many things happening and going on. Before I introduce today's guest and today's topic, I want to give you guys a few updates. First of all, we are going to be holding our second Rising Man Fire Circle this Saturday, August 4th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For those of you guys who haven't caught wind of the Rising Man Fire Circle, we had our first one last month. What it is, is it's a virtual conference with men from all over the world, men that are a part of the Rising Man community who want to show up, who want to be supported in the challenges and the triumphs and the victories and the hardships that we're going through, and who also want to be support for each other. It's a really sacred space that we've created here, and the first call was really powerful. So I'm looking forward to this second call. The first one was special for just the men who have really been supporting the podcast. I I selected, hand-selected those men who I felt really have been investing themselves in the Rising Man movement. This time, we're going to open it up to the entire Rising Man community and see who we can get to show up. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody this Saturday, August 4th, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will be posting a Zoom link inside the Rising Man Facebook group. So if you're not already a member of the Rising Man Facebook group, make sure you get yourself in there. Go over to facebook.com slash groups slash The Rising Man. If you're already in there, just be on the lookout. The link's going to be coming up any day now. So first announcement, second one. Huge, huge, huge announcement coming out tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you guys too much about what it is because tomorrow's my birthday, August 3rd. And I want to save the surprise, the announcement for a Facebook Live I'm going to do on my personal page, on my Jetty Azuma Facebook account. Let me just tell you this. I've accumulated a lot of experience. I've accumulated a lot of wisdom and experience from my own life over the years. And I've walked the path from boy to man. And what I have finally come around to doing is bringing all of those elements together, the the most poignant learning opportunities that I've had, the most incredible breakthrough moments that I've had, and combine them into a special opportunity for the men in my community. So I'll leave it at that. Maybe I've already said too much, but stay tuned because there's going to be a big announcement tomorrow. Facebook Live going out there to all of you guys. I'm planning on doing it at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So for those of you who can tune in live, please do. For those of you guys who catch the replay after, make sure you check it out because I'm hunting for the men who are ready to level up in their lives. And if that's you, then I want I want to hear from you. All right. So without further ado, let me go and introduce this week's guest. Brandon Bozarth is a brother of mine. We've known each other for the past few years and we've really gotten to support each other and watch each other grow. He's the founder of the Institute of Integrated Self-Training, a program that teaches therapists, life coaches, and healers how to create powerful, rapid transformation, healing, and expansion for their clients by blending spirituality and psychology. He holds workshops and retreats internationally, and he believes that war, scarcity, violence, and suffering can all transform in this lifetime through the art of integration. Brandon is a really special guy. He brings together a tremendous wealth of knowledge, and you'll you'll hear in this episode, I jab him a little bit because he's a really young guy. He came to his wisdom and his brilliance at a very young age, but he's the real deal. No, no joke. He really, he really brings a powerful, powerful element to the table. So in this episode, we broke down the circumstances and causes behind men feeling disempowered in their lives. He introduced some great distinctions around fears, doubts, and stories that keep us playing small in our lives. And he offered a new distinction for the difference between masculine and feminine and why it's important to acknowledge these different elements within ourselves. And lastly, he laid out the journey into your power, how to identify it and then unleash it. Powerful episode all about power, waking yourself up to your power. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Bozart. All right. 
Brandon Bozarth in the building, the boss. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm good, man. It's been a little bit since we connected, so this will be a great conversation to catch up with where you're at in the jet stream of your work right now. But I, I know right now you're up in Canada. Whereabouts in Canada are you? In uh, Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada, which is like a government city, but is like because polarity, right? It's equally as spiritual and pretty aware. And I've met a lot of amazing people out here. So it's a really interesting place. I love it. Cool, man. Cool, man. Sounds like it suits you pretty well. Yeah. Not as good as California, but yeah. <laughs> Not as good as California. Yeah. Okay. Well, you haven't, you haven't spent a winter up there yet, right? I have literally like the first time I landed, it was minus 40. And I just really like human, humans don't, they're not meant to be here. Why are humans here? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Negative 40 doesn't look good on anybody. But nonetheless, man, great to have you here. You know, for those who are listening, Brandon and I have known each other for at least a few years now. It feels like longer than that with all the time we spent together. But Brandon is a really powerful man. He's a, he's an, a coach. He, he deals a lot with the, getting people to light up in their power and his own story and journey of finding his unique space in this world is really inspiring. So we'll touch into that. But Let's start off the way we always do. Let me ask you this question. What is the difference between a boy and a man? I think a man knows himself and a boy doesn't. And what I mean by knows himself, I mean that he's in touch with the things that light him up the most and he's embodying those things. And he's not buying into what would be based in fear. So a man that truly, or man is someone that knows themselves as who they are and that who they are is a true reflection of their purpose and what they're here to do. And it's honoring that. So the man can guide the boy into that role, which in a sense, as you know, is very much aligned to what we call the masculine energy. That's what just came. I've never actually thought about that question, but that's a great question. What just came through. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's dig into that just a little bit deeper. So a lot of times when we think of the difference between a boy and a man, there's this desire for the boy to be the man. Mm. And so asking that question alone almost suggests that being the man is the right thing to do or the better thing to show up as the man. But from other guests that we've had on the show, other conversations, we know that the boy and the man both have their place. So if by your answer, the man is the one who's living in their purpose, mm. living in their excitement, their joy, whatever lights them up, right. what would you say the boy is doing yeah. during that time of being a boy? Yeah, I think the boy is learning. It's the student stage, you know, it's the modeling stage it's the often associated more with fun and lightness and play right so the man is almost creating the space and the environment and the container in a sense for the boy to if we're talking about an actual man and a boy versus the boy that is within the man but if it's an actual separate the man and the boy it's the man can actually create a a space for the boy to learn and to learn more about himself and who he is and really learn that he's empowered, that he doesn't have to buy into the stereotypical or just the general societal disempowering belief systems that were offered and really spoon-fed, especially as children. So the man is very effective at creating the space and the objective, and then the woman can create the nurturing as he stumbles, as he falls and supports And the man can do that when that feminine side is integrated. He can bring that as well, but it's that synergy, right? So Mm. also, if we look at the other side, the boy within the man, I would say the boy is the innocence that is um, allowed to be more spontaneous in a sense and have more fun with what they're doing and not make their um, mistakes or if they're not on purpose, something that becomes self-judgment right? And be light, just light on themselves and can play with what is, even if that means it's a challenging situation. Mm. Yeah. And I'm hearing within what you're saying that the boy doesn't necessarily leave the man or just because we have a man suit on, the boy is not necessarily in the past, right? No. I think that it, the boy naturally comes out. They sink when you're in a flow of passion. Like right now, your boy can come out, your man, whatever you want to call it, everything kind of self-organizes when you're in, when you're being all of you, which is what we might talk about later. When I talk about power, it's really you being all of you, like your truest you. And in that power self-organizes. So whatever is relevant of what we're defining as our boy and whatever relevant for what we're defining as our man comes through perfectly without us having to decide, do I need to be this or that? It can actually be more easy and we can have more fun 
and we don't have to be so manly all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I like that. And I like how you're setting this up here. And before, before we talk about power and being all of us, let's break it down into the component parts. So we already talked about boy and man. Let me ask you this next question. What's the difference between masculine and feminine? Mm. Well, I'd say masculine typically describes the traits that are have to do with linear thinking, creating results, purpose-driven behavior, this sort of thing, which is a more logical mind. And that is, I think, the left hemisphere of the brain. And then women, it's more spontaneous, emotional, and nurturing energy, which is more of the right side of the brain. So the synchronicity is it takes two to tango, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that means it takes these two to integrate or to balance each other, just like it takes two hemispheres of the brain to balance. So when we can become in harmony within ourselves, what actually happens physically is, yes, our brain pattern is different. We're able to express more of who we are logically and emotionally. We're able to nurture more, but then also able to create space and and instruction. And we can integrate that within ourselves. It's just we have these templates. Women have a template where they have tendencies to be leaning more into that feminine nature because that's their template. Our template, we... Te- you know, lean into this more masculine nature. And that sets us up in a world of polarity to naturally explore creating balance within ourselves. So the man mm-hmm. to naturally create balance, we integrate the feminine energy, which isn't gender specific. It's just an energy and then vice versa for the, the woman. And some people even think one day we, we there won't even be men and women. It's just going to return to what's it called where you have both um, for you like a man and a woman, a hermaphrodite, you know, and, uh-huh. and these like old ancient texts talk about, well, that's actually what it used to be. It's just was the man and woman in one. And then there's a split and all this stuff. But I think that's more symbolic about what's going on internally. Yeah. And I love to bring up this part of the dialogue on the show. I've been doing this for the past few interviews that I've done because I know growing up in locker room culture and just general machismo masculine culture it's not comfortable to talk about what we would say a feminine energy that lives inside of us, right? And if we're just just saying that feminine is a word that describes creativity, flow, being a little more uh, less, less structured, more open to possibilities, then that's neither male or female. That's just a descriptor of a way of being. But it's, it's interesting how uncomfortable it makes men to say, oh yeah, I have some feminine qualities or I have some feminine energy living inside of me. It's like, what, when did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. And even if they don't want to admit it, anytime a man takes a break, that's his feminine energy, no matter what. He's resting and receiving, not expressing. So whether he wants to admit it, he's he, unless he's going to burn himself out, which you could say is being a hyper-masculine, then the, the admittance of wanting to take a break or rest or relax or meditate, they're all feminine acts by their nature, right? But I think what you said was really important. We have to start changing our definitions, Right. I could say feminine in a room and everyone writes a different definition. It doesn't really matter what you write, but it matters where it comes from. Right. If you're writing something that is judgmental, or disempowering or separates or whatever it may be, then, of course, that's what you're you're not going to want to identify with that. And then you close yourself off to that possibility. So, yeah, creating a mm-hmm. new definition that feminine isn't bad, wrong. It's not gay, you know, how men would say or it's not weak or any of these things it's actually what you're designed to integrate. It's like, who? it's by honoring that, that now you're actually being more of who you really are. It's actually a very, you can even say manly thing to do in the sense of manly being brave and strong or whatever you want to call it. That's the most brave and strong thing you can do. Mm. Yeah. And I think that in the spirit of the rising man, you know, if we're looking at a generation of men who are rising up to another level to another standard of how we show up as men in the world. It's about integrating these things. It's not about being one dimensional. And the pendulum, I think, swings too far in one direction at times. And, you know, this hyper masculine machismo culture, I believe, came in when there was a lot of feminization in our culture. And and, and men were feeling this urge, this call to get dirty, to use our hands again, to build our muscles and to test our, our metal against the world. And that's great because I think that's a wonderful, fantastic side of humanity. Mm-hmm. Totally. But if you're missing all this other stuff, then like you said, you're completely out of balance. It's like doing a bunch of curls on one side of your body and leaving out the other side or just doing upper body and leaving out your legs, not doing the lower half. Yeah, totally. And you just brought us something really cool. So have you ever noticed 
that those that say the least say the most, and that there's power in that. There's also power in this saying here. It says, you're most powerful when you're giving your softest touch. Your softest touch is the most powerful touch. And what's more powerful? Me screaming and wanting to be heard and pushing things out of the way, or me showing up not needing to be heard, saying exactly what needs to be said, so soft as if I don't care if you receive it or not, because yes, it's for you, but it's more so a representation of me and my power, and then you're, you're done. That mm-hmm. power, that's the paradox. We have power defined totally out of whack. Like you and I, through our bodybuilding stage of building muscle and wanting to bodybuild just to get big. Why? Because that's attractive and strong and powerful, and it's something I can control. And nah, 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 nah. I was 208 pounds, steroids, all that, you know? And now you'll catch me in the gym, and I'm mainly doing Qigong and <laughs> stretching and meditating. And, you know, I'll still lift and I'll still like, I'll still be aggressive in a sense, but that aggression isn't filtered to try to just build muscle for the sake of building muscle and be big. I'm aggressively going inward. You know, I'm aggressively Mm. um, creating relaxation. I'm uh, aggressively having self-investigation to become (laughs) me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot about your journey. So let's, let's give everyone else an opportunity to know a little more about you. Just tell us how you began your journey of balancing yourself back or co- coming back from the opposite end of the spectrum because the whole bodybuilding world is hyper-masculine. And, and even the women in the bodybuilding world, if we're saying that it's not male or female, it's just a masculine world. It's building muscle. It's feeling powerful. It's strength. It's rigor when it comes to your diet and your routine. So how did you personally start to find your way out so that other men can relate to that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, and you've probably heard it before, but when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, we make the, the shift. So I had a moment where I was doing steroids. I was going out partying every weekend. I was no longer in love with what I was doing. And I just had bad bad habits and laziness and smoking and all this stuff come up. And I remember just sitting with myself and being at a point where it was like, okay, is this what I want? Is this what I want to create? And it was just this, nothing initiated it. I didn't have to go to a special five-day Tony Robbins retreat. I just actually looked at my life. And what was being shown to me and reflected back. And I said, okay, if I'm creating this, if I'm truly the creator of this and I'm not in blame and I'm taking responsibility, who the hell do I think I am? Like, I must think pretty low of myself. I must, I must be pretty incongruent. I must be pretty not powerful to create all these reflections of a lack of power in my life. So I need to change. And it was just this moment where I just decided to say no. To those things. I actually asked myself, why do, and I just got honest. Here's the thing. There's no question that doesn't have an answer or the question wouldn't exist, but you'll never hear the answer unless you're honest with yourself. So if you're ready, then any question you ask, you'll give yourself an answer. So I just sat there and I asked, why do I really want to go to the gym? Because it's what I think I need to be to be strong, masculine, and attractive. And then I asked myself the question, is that true? And then there's millions of examples of that not being true. Gandhi is probably one of the most powerful men to ever live. He was able to almost do nothing and change everything. So I started seeing, this doesn't have to be true for me. Okay, so let's actually take action. I'm going to not let, I don't even want to lift that heavy sometimes. Like I remember one time having like 400 something pounds on my back and almost, it almost crushed me. I don't do that. Why am I doing that? And I just looked at every area of my life like that. And I just asked those questions. And then I actually started making the changes. So I, even though I, would li- I was living with roommates that would go out every weekend and drink, and, and not that that's bad, but it just wasn't aligned with me at that moment. So I would say no to that. And even though everyone around me was doing their thing, I just would choose me. And then I would choose me with the gym and I do what my, my body actually wanted. And then my diet changed and everything started changing. It was a holistic change when I realized that that wasn't representative of me and my power. That was actually representative of me and my weakness. So what did that teach me? It taught me a lot about my own power. It taught me a lot about what I didn't want. So really, I just hit that pain point and started making new choices and then creating evidence that those I'm supported in those new choices. Yeah, man, I'm glad that you shared that part of your story that you didn't have to go to a Tony Robbins event or some other, you know, five day course to have your breakthrough and your realization because it is that simple. It can be that simple. And in my opinion, there's nothing more masculine than that is taking a real honest look at yourself and asking a simple question. Why? And there's no there's no more powerful question than why, because 
like you said, you ask the question and the answer will show up. And if you're able to be honest with yourself, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to be that honest with yourself. So how, how did you find that within you to, to be that level of honest with yourself and not, and not to let your ego try to convince you of some other story? So oh, I just got chills. It's good. I realized that if I continued to go down that path, I would want to exit my body, this physical, I, wanna, I would want to kill myself. And I didn't have suicidal thoughts at the time, but because I was steadily becoming more disempowered, more disempowered, more of not who I was, we also call that victim, being a victim. So the energy of victimhood means I don't have choice. So I started feeling like I didn't have choice. Like, oh, I can't change. I can't do what I want. I can't, I have to, all of this language was in my vocabulary. So as that started coming up, I extrapolated that. I said, man, well, I don't change this. Where is this going to lead? What is this leading to? And seeing where it was leading to, simply recognizing that that wasn't the path that I wanted and that that was filled with pain and discomfort and just what I, what I didn't want. That was the process that made it not so scary to be honest with myself because that was actually more scary. And this is actually the fundamental mechanism that and how we create choice. So if whatever you're choosing right now, even if it's negative, the reason you're choosing it is because you're actually getting something out of it that if you let it go, what you really want, you don't believe you can get from that. Or you believe the opposite is actually more scary. Even though you want to be you know, starting the business or getting the relationship, whatever it is, even though you want that, you're choosing the bad habits, the behavior, whatever it may be, because that's actually serving you. Because it's keeping you away from what you're defining as more scary. So it's, you just have to find what that is. And as soon as you illuminate what that is, 99% of the time, it's gone. It's just gone by becoming aware and becoming honest about it. Because you see, there's nothing to actually be afraid of. For me to be honest with myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? I have a chemical reaction in my body for 10 minutes called an emotion. Okay. What's after that? Freedom. Where, there's no tiger. There's no tiger. I can't die. Right? I can be honest with myself in my room and if it didn't work out, pretend it didn't happen and go jerk off. You know, like what's the so <laughs> well, you just have to ask these questions. What's so scary about it? And actually yeah. answer the question and you'll start seeing these things dissolve and you'll start taking your power back. Yeah. Well, I, that's a really powerful thing to say, man. Imagining character death is a lot scarier than putting yourself up for display. Yeah. And I think that's really what it comes down to is this this belief that if we put ourselves out on the line and we fail or it doesn't go the way we want it to or it actually is as ugly as we think it might be which usually it's not that we're never going to bounce back from it yeah and you and i know as men who have taken that leap over and over again it's just not the case you know you're you're just human at the end of the day you're just a bunch of cells walking around on this planet all this other meaning and emotion and stuff that we attach onto it is is drama yeah it doesn't necessarily serve us. So I'm glad that you brought that in in your way. And, and as I was hearing you talk about that, I was like, wow, there are so many things that we do to ourselves or choose for ourselves that don't actually serve what we say we want, but we are getting something from it. It's it's almost like, I know you're vegan, so I'll, I'll, I'll use a, a non-dairy example here, right? It's like drinking sour almond milk yeah. over and over again. You, you wouldn't do that. You would drink it once. You'd say, oh, that's terrible. Throw it out. But it's like, if it for some of these things, we just love to keep consuming it because it's it's less scary or it's there's less resistance to keep being in it than there is to actually try and change it. Yeah. So that's that's great, man. And and this is a great setup for what we what we really want to get to talking about is is power. Is how we, how you find that place in which you feel most alive, in which you feel like you can bring service and value to the people around you. Yeah. So, what is it that we typically associate with men feeling powerful right. to st for starters. Right. Well, first I want to say the first step to reclaiming your power is you have to realize that everything or anything that's making you feel powerless, you're still creating. That means you're powerful by default. So even if you're, Oh, I'm this and that, and I'm blaming here and I can't change and I'm ashamed of this and this and that, that is still fundamentally your choice and your belief, which is then generating the emotion and then creating the evidence that you are perceiving in the environment that may not even be real, right? But it's just perpetuating this loop. So you're in a thought and emotion feeling loop that's continuing to create a certain pathway in your brain called a belief, and it's just wiring and you're creating it and you're in the loop. 
Who's orchestrating this whole thing? You. It takes 100% of your power to create the experience of disempowerment and the experience of empowerment. They both take the same thing, you creating it, you making a choice. So when you start stop judging yourself for feeling disempowered or experiencing a lack of power, which typically means you're blaming, you're avoiding, you're denying, you believe you can't change, you believe you're going to die, all these things. If you stop judging yourself for feeling that and you start taking responsibility, that's the ultimate equalizer, that's the bridge to power, then you're realizing, wow, I'm creating this. Now you have the ability to change it. You can't change anything that you're not willing to take responsibility for. Mm. Just wanted to put that in there. I totally forgot the question that you said, Jetty. Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you started from that place. Cause I think it's even an even better setup is that if we recognize that we are the problem, yeah. we're, we're creating the problem. It's not outside of us. Then we also get to be the solution. And that's in itself. That's the definition of empowerment is being able to be the solution to the problems that you're creating. So the question I said is, what is it that makes men feel powerful typically? You know, we already talked a little bit about the bodybuilding, the muscles. So let's just let's just lay it all out there. Yeah, totally. So an unintegrated masculine looks like someone that doesn't nurture themselves. They don't give themselves self-care. They usually are hard on themselves. They judge themselves. These are traits that the feminine might be a little more relaxed about or will really readily offer to others. So if we're lacking that, typically we're just really hard on ourselves. So what do we want to do? Well, if we're hard on ourselves for failing or for not meeting our own expectation, we usually perceive that as weakness. So the last thing we want to do is show the weakness. So a lot of times we just deny, right? We'll deny that anything's wrong. We'll deny that anything's bad. Hey, how are you? You know, man, living the dream. Just these blanket statements that are actually saying like, oh, I'm actually just denying and not acknowledging a lot of stuff that's going on because I don't want you to think of me a certain way and I don't have the ability to nurture myself through it. And I'm afraid mm-hmm. that if you judge me, then I'm going to prove to myself that I don't have the ability to nurture myself because now you're showing me that you judge me, I judge me. This is just more proof that I can't help this and love this part of me. So it'll just, I mean, and that can then turn into, cause that's energy in your body. You're creating resistance. You're saying, this is bad. This part of me is bad. I failed here. I didn't hit this expectation. Um, they don't like me because I'm not attractive enough and I'm not masculine, whatever it may be. It all roots down to self-judgment. Anytime that self-judgment isn't integrated, what you're actually doing, if you could picture this in your mind, think of that judgment being outside of you. And that judgment, in a sense, is nothing can really be outside of you, but just for the picture. Judgment's outside of you in your environment. You're deciding to perceive the environment in some sort of way, whether you're at a bar, you're in a relationship, whatever it may be. And you're using the, you're perceiving the environment in a way that means something bad about you, something negative, something disempowering. Think of that judgment that's out here slowly coming into you and this energy just filling up your body and into your heart. And your own judgment of it, your lack of acknowledging this is the feminine part and nurturing yourself through it creates block. It creates a block. It can close the heart. It can say, I shouldn't feel anymore. You can create all these walls. And it's not that you're necessarily choosing to create the walls. It's you're choosing not to feel and acknowledge and accept the feeling that you've created. So when that happens, you create this block. Now that energy is in you. It, feeling, if you break down the word, the first part says feel, which is a command word, feel me. I have a feeling, feel, feel me. If you're not doing that, it will find a way out. It'll get louder, it'll get stronger. You'll smoke cigarette. Because what if all the feeling is, is a chemical reaction that create, and we call that a state of being. So oh, I'm just in a shitty mood. What we're really saying is I'm still having an emotional reaction to something. So we're really mm-hmm. I'm still in an emotional reaction from a week ago. So since if you're still in that and you're not nurturing yourself through it, you're not acknowledging and integrating that, which we can talk about how to do that later, then it will keep re-inviting you to create behavior or make choices that will temporarily change your state because it is our fundamental nature to get out of pain and move towards pleasure what we perceive as pain and move towards what we perceive as pleasure. So if we're feeling something right now that feels so negative, we don't know how. And this is why men aren't to blame. Only a lack of awareness is to, is to blame. 
It's just a lack of awareness on how to integrate these things. Because by definition, if they were aware of a way that was, could get them out of the pain and into pleasure better than their current dysfunctional behavior, bad habits, smoking, whatever it may be, I'm just using smoking as an example, then they would automatically do it. But they're not aware. Well, well I think there's something that actually goes also with awareness. And maybe I cut you off too soon, but there's the desire to want to change. This goes back to what you were saying before, that if – if you if the if the answer is within you somewhere and all you have to do is ask the question then then sure every everyone if as soon as you become aware of a different strategy then then there's no no more excuse but in spite of that in spite of all these tools and resources we have a lot of people still choose to stay in the same state so there's some level or element of desire or wanting to change too you, you have to you have to want to change some people go seek healers to prove to themselves they can't be healed and it's not mm-hmm. that they don't want to change. It's that they actually believe they can't. So they're saying, oh, well, and that is the first sign you're buying into a negative belief or story is you actually believe you can't change because that's, we know, we know, we know, we know that's not true. So if you're actually buying into that, you might then tell yourself, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I can't change. What you're really saying is I don't believe I can, or you're saying in order for me to do that, change it's actually more painful to do that than stay here now that, that's the key right that's there the key. and that will that will have to change eventually because you'll keep that that feeling will keep taking you down a negative spiral until you literally think you have no choice and the last attempt to reclaim power is to kill yourself this is why people create suicide they don't believe they have any other choice they believe they're a burden to everyone else. And their only choice that could represent actually having control, because they feel like they have no control, no power, nothing, is actually doing the only thing that they can, they, they think they can do, which is exiting. Mm. Which is why, and that's, that's another reason male suicide is way higher than female suicide, is because men fundamentally, unintegrated men that aren't integrating the feminine, they are unable to cope with emotionally integrating all of these fears and the societal norms that they take on to where they just end up going down a rabbit hole where what they believed that would make them empowered is actually doing the opposite. The big strong man that has a bunch of money and is getting laid all the time, they actually feel so disempowered in that. And it's like the, you can call it like the greatest surprise of the century. Oh, what everyone said, being a man is great actually isn't it's actually the opposite and they realize that and it's like well shit now i have no choice this this is who i am they're they're identified they're in this place yeah and that's we've talked a lot about depression and male suicide on the show i've had a couple of guests who shared their experiences and expertise with that i think you're hitting on exactly the point though walking it all the way down to that last ditch effort to find some sense of control in our lives and recognizing I, i think it's actually flipping it over and seeing that there's so much that we don't have control over but what we actually do have control over what we actually have influence over is ourselves and how we show up and that's a big that's a big responsibility to take on it's very simple to say that i do have power over myself but in 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 the action and execution of that it's it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of hard work to to be with yourself to be with all of these beliefs we've had for decades since we were children and on top of that you alluded to the societal pressure, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot more permission for women to have their feelings out there in the world because we've made it so, yeah. you know, the, the, the archetype of the woman is somebody whose feelings are all over the place. And the man is the one who's grounded and stable and solid, who's containing it all in. And, um, just kind of circling back to what we said in the beginning, if we, if we agree that we're all just humans first and that we possess these different energies and mm. moves that we can put out into the world, then, it's about bringing it back into balance yeah. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, cool. So let's talk about the the exciting part of this journey is is finding your power. So how, how does someone wake up to their power, as you say? Yeah, so I think the easiest way is in, in this moment, just act. Act on something that's exciting. Act towards something that's, that's passionate, that you're passionate about. The minute that you actually take, remember, we can know something, which is we understand it. We can believe something meaning we actually believe it's true. And then we can embody something, meaning we do it. So the minute that your belief and action are synonymous, you're embodying. So if you just take a next step towards something that's so exciting for you or passionate, 
then you're, what you're doing is you're actually bringing all of you into that equation. And what's happening on like a scientific level is your brain, you're moving into a, a higher brain state when you're really hyper creative, you're in a gamma frequency, which in that moment, time flies, hours go by, you are so plugged in, you're accessing so much more of your subconscious mind, all of your, your prefrontal cortex is going crazy, your critical thinking, you're, you're so in, you're so here and present, like how we are right now, if we put uh, scanners up to us, we'd be illustrating this because this is so exciting for, for you and I. What other people see this as is power. Like, oh man, they're confident, they're in their power, look what they're doing. If we weren't passionate about this, doing this action wouldn't be powerful for us. It's not that this is powerful. It's not that someone speaking on the stage is powerful. It's that who they're being on the stage is power. And power by its nature, if you're listening, write this down. Power by its nature is always serving the best for the individual and everyone else. By its nature. When you're in your power, truly, and, it, and there's passion present, and you're passionate and you're in your power, it's always of the highest service for yourself and other people. There's a false power, which can be seen as domination. I'm powerful because I'm, I'm putting a gun up to you and, I, and now I'm taking over your choice. Your ability to choose now in my hands. What that actually means is that person believes they're powerless. So powerless that they have to dominate someone else to feel a sense of power. Mm. False power, right? And that only will show them where they're, they're feeling powerless. So real power is you don't need any recognition, any status, any money, any acknowledgement. You don't need any result in order to do the thing you're doing. When you're in that state, that's called being detached. So you don't care how it goes. You don't care what the outcome is. You don't care what the questions are. You don't care what the thing is. You're just there simply because it feels so good. And that's when you're truly being you. Because you're not trying to impress, you're not meeting expectation, you're just letting yourself express yourself, not needing anything else to happen but that. That's freedom. And how mm. do we, here's a measurable example. Be around a dog. Are you willing to cry, yell, scream, roll around on the floor, dance, sing, do all of that in front of a dog? Yeah, you probably are. You're probably mostly yourself when you're around a dog. Because you know that dog can't judge you and it's going to love you unconditionally. That creates what people call safety. We don't need that to be ourselves. I think there's also this disempowering belief that's disguised as empowering sometimes around the need to create so much safety and realize that you're all already safe no matter what. You're safe because you're here and, that, and you'll never, never be unsafe. So again, with the dog, you're going to be all this stuff because you're giving yourself permission to be safe, permission to not fear an outcome from you doing the thing you want to do. And you feel good. You feel totally yourself. And guess what? You love the dog. It's not, you don't love the dog because the dog loves you. You love the dog because you're being love. You're being yourself in the presence of the dog. So now you use that dog as permission and as a reflection to say, oh, now you're here. Now I can love myself. Now I can be myself. That's why I love the dog. It doesn't mm. have anything to do with the dog. It has yeah. anything to do, because there's people that are around dogs that hate dogs. <laughs> there are, it's rare, but you know, people that are abusive and whatnot, they don't feel like that around dogs. That tells you it does, the dog's not giving you the permission, you are. So when you give yourself the permission to be in your power, meaning you're gonna do something just for the sake of doing it because you're passionate about it, and there's, and this is where we talk about sacrificing good for great. Don't let it be 99% of what you want. It has to be a hundred percent or nothing. So is the thing that you're doing or pursuing 100% what you're excited about? And are you doing it in the most aligned and excited way? When you ask those two questions, those are really powerful questions. Like Jetty saying, I want to start a podcast. What's the most exciting title and an intention? And like, what do I want it to be about? And he chose that boom, his energy just increased. Oh, that's what it is now. Oh man, I can't wait to get people on the show. And then guess what? People showed up easier. Whoa, so weird how that happens. You're in your power. It all works out. It self-organizes. Then from there you say, what's the most exciting way for me to do it? Well, I'll ask these certain questions and I'll have this equipment and da da da. I'm even more excited. Oh, it even reaches more people. Weird. More power. Mm. 
Yeah, man, there's so much in there that you shared. This this part you were just leaving off with, I call it stacking W's, stacking wins. Coming from like a sports and athletic background, it's like building that momentum. When, when I started the podcast and I chose a name for it and I had the concept and I started like every action step I took towards making that a reality built my confidence and in what you're saying, I felt more powerful. And that power is very attractive. Where People can't help but be attracted to power, not even just people. Everything that has energy, everything that's cellular is attracted to power because that's where growth emerges from, from the way I understand it. So I really appreciate the way that you're putting that together and dialing it back in. It's helping me to see. And also for people who are listening to this and they see themselves as I'm stuck in my job, I'm stuck in my relationship, stuck, 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 stuck. You're just one small action away from building momentum in the opposite direction. That's all it really takes. And that's, that's what I hear in what you're saying too. 100%. So there's right now, if you're, if you're stuck in a job, this is my advice to you, reframe this definition of stuck. Know that you're making a choice to be there. And it's only because you believe if you weren't there, you wouldn't be supported. And that's okay. When you start believing that you'll be supported in something else, you'll start taking action. So investigate, why don't I think me following my passion and being who I really am will be supported unconditionally by God, goddess, the universe, whatever you want to call, right? So find what's in there. You don't have to. It's not bad to be doing something you don't want to do because it's happening. That means it's happening for a reason and it's supposed to be happening. So you can always ask yourself, if this is here right now and I don't want it, what can I learn from it? What is it showing me? The minute you start using it in a more positive way, you'll start creating a new relationship with it and it won't feel like you're stuck. It'll feel like maybe it's a temporary springboard that's giving you the money and the relationships you need to act on your passion. But that's not going to magically, you're not going to magically create that definition. You have to intentionally do that. So you sit down and you say, this thing that I don't want, me right now not wanting it, and that's my only relationship to it, is what's creating the shitty job, not the job. So let me change that definition, how I'm seeing it, how I'm using it. And when I'm outside of the job, what are the things that I'm so excited about that I want to do that I'm not doing or that I could be doing more? And just start acting on those things to the best of your ability and move through them and make the choice and make the choice. And you start proving to yourself that you are supported. You go from having to have faith to knowing that that's just simply how it actually works. It, we're actually all designed to live in our passion 100% of the time. If you look at our biology, when we're in our passion, we have congruence in the body. All of the cells in the body work together more harmoniously. If food, if we eat food and that a cell over here doesn't need the, needs the food and this cell has the food, this cell says, oh, here, here's some food. That's called collaboration, right? And, hmm. and all the immune system starts working to fight off toxins. That's called homeostasis, balance. All of these th things that happen when you're passionate, you become balanced. You collaborate. People are attracted to you. Same thing as being mirrored in the body. It's actually how we're designed to live. So just starting to believe that, start proving it to yourself. Don't take it from me. Start taking the action and show yourself that as you stack these W's, you start meeting the right people. You're in the right place at the right time. You start bringing and attracting to you the books, the mentors, the knowledge you need, maybe as preparation for your passion. And then maybe a project appears and you start developing an idea and you start working on that. And then you look in hindsight and you go, oh my God, I didn't know how any of this was going to happen, but it did. I never needed to know, but now I'm here. What now, since I'm here, can I let everything else that's not this and what represents this energy go? And over time you can do that or you can do it now. If you actually, and that's what I did. I was making at least five or $6,000 a month residually every month in my network marketing job or business and I was working maybe two or three hours a week, really sweet gig, you know? And I think my overhead in total, I had no debt or anything was like 1200 bucks a month. So for me, you know, four or $5,000 take home, that's pretty good. I could travel. I could do, do stuff. I had to cut that off. I had to say no to that income with $300 in my bank account and no idea how I was going to make money. And all I was doing was Facebook lives, writing in my journal and going to the gym. And I really didn't do anything besides that and like read and meditate and whatnot for a month. Does that make logical sense? No, 
What happened? <laughs> I, I manifested a check for $1,200 the very first month. That was the result of a court case that just settled from a job that I worked five years prior. And that paid all my bills. Oh, wow, man, maybe I'm supported by like something invisible. I think it's time that we start embodying more of our spiritual nature as well. And this is where you can, this is where you can start creating the evidence for yourself. So I'm, I'm starting to understand, well, maybe I'm supported in this unknown territory. Yeah. But then that led to me putting out a newsletter and me, you know, sharing more and more, which led to a client, my first client, who at the time when I met her was suicidal. And I won't go too much into that story, but it was just the, the very, and I didn't, wasn't intending on being a coach. I was just being in my power. And that was called of me, literally, hey, can you coach me? How much do you charge? Uh, I just made up a number. I'm like, I don't know, 800 bucks is what I typically, all my other clients, you know? And that became my first client. And that initiated the next four years of discovery of what's possible for me. Mm -hmm. And I can fully endorse that story because I knew you. But as you were going through that process, we met as you were like right in the midst of that big transition in your life. And something that came to me while you were sharing all of that is that finding your power begins with making powerful choices. Mm -hmm. And you make some powerful choices that are irrational, illogical, don't make sense. They, the, the numbers don't add up because you can't anticipate what's on the other side of that choice. Yeah. You have to find the trust, the faith that you'll land on your feet. And even if you don't, even if you screw it all up, you're not going to die. Yeah. You're not going to land in the gutter somewhere. You'll, you'll, you'll figure out a way to pick yourself back up. But that the anticipation of the unknown and, and imagining what could be is it, it hamstrings so many of us, yeah. so many of us. And, and it also, it doesn't need to look like, like that. You don't necessarily need to leave it all behind. Like my story, I'm still working another job that allows me to take care of my family and take care of my needs as an individual and as a provider for my family while making the transition to bigger and greater things. But those those choice points, those leaps, those risks that you have to put yourself out on the line and don't know what's going to happen, that's the same. And it, and the what getting to your power is dependent upon how quickly you're willing to take those risks and leaps and jumps. And everybody's a little different. So that's good to acknowledge too. Yeah, totally. And even the word risk, it's actually the least riskiest thing. Because after you do it, you realize, oh my God, it, it all worked out. Because <laughs> every time you take a risk, you land at that conclusion. You go, oh man, I was so afraid of it. And then I did it and I'm fine. And we just, we just continue to prove that to ourselves. And then we ask ourselves, do I even need to engage in the process of wondering if this is going to be okay or not? Do I even need to go there again? And it's not always necessary. It can actually be an exciting process. We're so conditioned to even label that as it has to be scary and, and risky and all this stuff has to come up. That is totally true if that comes up for you and that's valid and it's meant to teach you what it's meant to teach you. And then after you learn that, you don't have to recreate that. Like if you've actually learned that, the next time can be different. It can be more fun. It can be more easy. Right. Doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. especially in, with men. Work hard, work hard, work hard. Make a living. Work hard. We think work is hard. Work doesn't have to be hard. It can be challenging, but hard isn't very is very rarely uh, talked about in a positive light. Challenging mm. can be. It can be challenge. It could be exciting. Challenge can be exciting, and all challenge means is, oh man, my expectations weren't met. I got to improvise. I got to make a new choice. Great that can be more of an exciting process than what we and other entrepreneurs totally make it out to be, even if they had a scary experience. Because guess what? My scary experience, you can buy that lesson from me. You know, like I remember being in a parking lot of a Wells Fargo and, ask, and being so afraid, having no money in my account, being overdrawn, being like, how the hell am I going to eat? Like, I need to eat and like my bills and this and that. And I just kept asking myself, why is that? Why am I afraid of that? Why am I afraid of not eating? Well, because then I'd starve. And uh, why am I not afraid? Why am I afraid of pay, not paying my bills? Well, then I'd be out of my house and I'd be on the street begging for food and this and that. And I, re I took it back all the way until I realized I was still afraid. I was afraid of dying. And in that moment, I asked myself, am I actually afraid? And this is the first time I asked myself this question. Am I actually afraid of dying? Do I actually believe that it, that's the end? And 
when I said no to that, it was just this, this freeing experience where I remember being in this Wells Fargo parking lot yelling, just kill me now. Woo. Kill me now. <laughs> I don't care. And it, owning it, like kill me. I don't, I'm not afraid of that. And it was just this moment where I felt so empowered and uh, that's what that fear brought up for me. And that is what I had to go through to be comfortable enough in the unknown to be in my power enough to continue that process. Mm. And, and right after you were in that Wells Fargo parking, parking lot screaming, that was when I got the call to bail you out of jail. And that was when, you know, the 5,000 well, bucks you owe me, I still haven't seen. Yeah, right? The loony bin, not jail, but yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, um, just teasing you, but I'd I, I love that story, man. It's it's really powerful, and so many more places we can go with this. I, I think we'll just have to do our follow up in the future when you've collected even more wisdom on your journey, man. And um, for those of you who who don't know Brandon, he's only seventeen years old, and he's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. nineteen, nineteen, right, nineteen and a half. <laughs> no, but tr- truthfully, how old are you? You're twenty six, twenty seven, twenty six. 26. So, you know, all the stories about I'm too young, I'm too old, all this stuff is irrelevant, right? It's, it's, it's kind of the encapsulation of what we said here is there's a lot that can be done just by making powerful choices for yourself. So thanks for bringing that here today, man. You really opened up a can of powerful wisdom and words and everything that you said. I, I do have a couple of lightning questions I want to ask you before we wrap this thing up here. So what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18 years old? that uncertainty is the most certain place that you could exist in. Mm, like that. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Purpose. Purpose. Love that. All right, cool. And just to tie it up, uh, how can people follow you, learn more about what you're doing, hit us with all the socials? Yeah, the main outlet is Instagram. So you can find me, Brandon.Bozarth. It's a B-O-Z-A-R-T-H. My website, BrandonBozarth.com. I'm also on Facebook. So those are probably the big three. Also look out on I, uh, Instagram just released something called IGTV. Um, I'm starting to put a lot of cool content, longer videos on IGTV um, oh, oh, instead of YouTube. So there's some cool stuff on there too. Cool, man. And I know that you've been doing some some events recently. You have anything coming up in the pipeline soon? Ooh, man, thanks for asking. So a couple things. I created a program called IST, which is Integrated Self-Training. It's a high-level training for therapists and coaches that want to blend psychology and spirituality. So this is turning on into an online program that may uh, extend into retreats. So that's really exciting. But the current retreats that I have planned, we just got back from Hawaii. It's called the Embodied Entrepreneur. Um, We took, how many people were there? Eight um, entrepreneurs and coaches and healers and went through a 90% spiritual and personal transformation retreat with 10% potent business. And it's just a totally backwards of what you think a business retreat would be like. And it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was the best time of my life. It was the most potent experience I've been a part of. That was our second one. And we're having another in September, in November. It'll most likely be either in, in San Diego or Bali. So that's coming up. Cool. Well, it's in Bali, sign me up. If it's in San Diego, I, I might have to pass. <laughs> but that's great, man. And maybe maybe closer to that time, we'll be able to bring you on again so you can let us know about that one. Yeah. Um, but hey, I just want to say in live for the audience here, man, you, you really are an inspiring individual. And, and it inspires me to see you doing what you're doing, making the powerful choices that you are and showing up the way you are in the world, having witnessed your journey from where you were when we met to where you are now. And, and you also make it about, you don't make it about yourself. Mm. And I think that's one of the most compelling things about you. And so I appreciate that in you, man, and appreciate you taking the time to be here on the show today. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate you so much. I could spend 10 minutes telling you why, just all of the reasons, all the reasons. And for the listeners, as you know, Jetty's probably one of the most thorough communicators, reflectors. Oh, man, I've taken so many notes from just being around you and observing you and how you interact with people that it's totally become part of who I am. So I just totally appreciate you for that. And for listeners, take notes. This is an extremely valuable skill. You know, Jetty can, can guide you to your relationships and your communication and, and how you navigate your life in such a profound way. And I've noticed that just by osmosis and being around him. So it's, it's been such a powerful experience for me. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. I really received that. Yeah, it's been it's been great to be on the journey with you, man. I look forward to catching up with you further down the road. Cool. Sounds good, bro. All right, man. Take care. There you have it. 
I love talking to Brandon because he has such a unique approach to the work that we do. He really owns his territory and it's a it's a great balance to a lot of the perspectives and the work that I do. He really brought to the table this element of breaking down the fears and the beliefs and the stories that we have that connect us to disempowerment and replacing them with something that's choiceful, something that we choose to believe about ourselves, about our lives. And the psychology element of it is is huge. There are, we've heard, you've heard it before, psyching yourself out. The beliefs that we have really can turn us away from our brilliance, really can keep us safe. And while it serves a purpose, it may not be what you want. If you want a a credible life, if you want an extraordinary journey and path to walk in life, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. And psychologically, we want to keep ourselves safe, alive, and comfortable. So this dynamic of being in the dance and the, the conflict between what our ego is telling us to keep us safe and what we need to do to break through is a very, very difficult path to walk. And and Brandon is a, a torch. He is a, he is a light post on that path. So I'm glad that we got to have this conversation and that you get to experience a little bit of his wisdom. Make sure you go check out his stuff because he's all over the place right now, really doing some incredible things. Make sure that you tune into my personal Facebook channel and the Rising Man Facebook group this weekend because that opportunity I talked about at the top of the episode is is a huge one. I am looking for a special team of men who are ready to step up, who are ready to level up, who are ready to find out what they're actually capable of. If you're really ready to discover, because every one of us has another gear. Most of us have another seven gears that we haven't accessed yet, that we've never seen, that we've never, we've never really challenged ourselves and tested our metal against the world, against the elements. And what I've created here is designed to help you test yourself in an environment where you get support from other men, support from myself to push your limits. Once you push those limits, once you push those boundaries, there's no going back. You know what you can do. And everything else in your life is going to seem easier. It's going to seem like it's no problem. So without saying anything else, make sure you tune in tomorrow, August 3rd, 3 p.m. to check out what this opportunity is that I'm offering to you guys right now. And if you have any questions about that, make sure you can always hit me up on Facebook Messenger or email jettyazuma at gmail.com. Check out the show notes for links and resources pertaining to this episode and other episodes at therisingmanpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe or follow on the app, on the podcast app that you're using. I know a lot of you guys are listening on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, you know, there's a lot of different places that you're listening to it. So, wherever you are, please subscribe, please follow. It raises the energy behind this community and it, it, it shows that we are growing as a community and, and encourages more and more people to get involved. So that's one way that you can support. Another way is leaving those re- reviews and comments with your biggest takeaways, insights, and reflections from each episode. If you are listening to this on iTunes, it's very easy to leave a review of the podcast. Just scroll down and look for where it says subscribe and leave a review. If you are not, if you're listening on the website, if you're listening on a different app, some of them allow you to leave comments, but the the default can always be going back to the risingmanpodcast.com and leaving comments on each episode. Each, Each episode has its own page and place for comments. So please do that. It helps other men out there who are curious about the rising man and wondering what it's all about they get a a better insight by hearing your perspective on it and, and seeing what you're getting from it what you're taking away from it so think of it as a way for you to lead another man into his revelation his his revealing of himself so thank you guys for all the support you've been giving me there it really means a lot it goes a long way Make sure you join the Rising Man Facebook community if you haven't already. Facebook.com slash groups slash The Rising Man. This is where it's going down. This is where you get updates about the next Rising Man Fire Circle, new opportunities to collaborate and work together, community of men that is almost at 700 now. We just blew up over the past couple of days and and really making the push towards 700. So if you're not already a part of it or if you are a part of it, make sure you invite some other men 
to be a part of the Rising Man community because this is about evolution. This is about empowerment. This is about raising our standards for what being a man is in our society. So please make sure you keep pumping men into that group because it's really, really starting to build some energy and some momentum. Reach out to us on Instagram at the Rising Man Pod. You can also hit me up at Jetty Azuma on Instagram. Shout out to Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics at Infinite M E L O D I X. If you guys are not already using Sean for your audio engineering or video editing needs, make sure you hit up this man because he is a machine. He really is on a whole nother level when it comes to producing content, pumping it out, and just being in full integrity. I actually asked Sean to help me publish an episode while I was away for a week, and he was like, yeah, man, I got you, no problem. So he's he's the real deal, man. He is He's got your back no matter what. Sean, I appreciate everything you're doing, my man. Until next episode, everybody out there, rise up and claim your destiny.